When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon. On the show today, we will get in to some more Sark Audio from Monday, talking about Oklahoma State and Texas in that giant Big 12 championship game and what it could mean. Play some sound from Sark talking to ESPN, giving his pitch, starting pitch, why Texas should be, you know, considered into the college football playoff. We'll also have the Big 12 football awards were announced today. We'll give you the winners from Texas and honorable mentions and all of that. Get into that. Maybe a snub or two that were on that list as well. Get into some NCAA football talk. Talk about the uh, conference championships, some NFL, some NBA, and a whole lot more here on the Sports Complex. And, of course, your text, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776 is the text line number. Send them in right there. Whether you've got questions or comments or you got something you want to talk about, we love to get to what you want to talk about here on the Sports Complex. Joining me today, since we're going to be doing a big show on Friday, if you've not heard, we're going to be doing 4-7. to seven. Uh, Aaron Hogan is going to be in Arlington or in Dallas at Terry Black's Barbecue on Friday with some special guests. We'll be having all that from 4-7, to seven, talking Big 12 Championship, talking about the Texas season, and then a big pregame show, 8-11 to 11 a.m., as well, where Aaron will be in Arlington, we'll be back here in the studio doing that. But joining me today, my man, Jacob Standard. So, stay, uh, Jacob, uh, you doing good on a uh, Wednesday? I'm doing great. It helps if we turn your mic on. There we go. Hey, can you hear me? Did we get you? Did we get you? You're in there? Are we on? There it is. Hey, there it is. Oh, so I'm doing better now, now that everybody <laughs> can hear me. That's fantastic. Um, but, yeah, no, it's not quite the end of the week. I can't use my we made it line, but I'm ready to go. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's good. We're going to get some picks in because we got a big show uh, coming up on Friday. So you can't come in on Friday because we'll be we'll be packed. It depends yeah. now. And Ty may come in on Friday or Saturday. We don't know where Ty's going to be. And then Rod, we know is uh, is recovering or dealing with sickness right now. So hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later. But we'll get into a lot of Texas football talk here in the beginning of the six o'clock hour. Uh, leading off, of course, let's talk about the Big Twelve Football Awards were uh, announced today. I was happy to see that, at least for the most part, it feels like they did not punish Texas players 
for moving for Texas moving to the SEC. We know Jalen Ford last year. That was a big conversation that it seemed like Jalen Ford should have been the defensive player of the year. He was not. And, you know, you kind of wondered. And so there may still be some bias, but I think there's more bias. They were trying to get more teams in and, you know, maybe a little bit, but not as much because we did get the defensive player of the year. Is a Texas Longhorn this year? Tavondre Sweat does get his defensive line, uh, defensive player of the year award. Uh, Texas also gets the offensive newcomer of the year. Adonai Mitchell is on that. Did not get the defensive newcomer of the year. Uh, I believe he uh, Anthony Hill was a honorable mention for that. He was, but he did not get that award. So, but that's okay. You know, we can. You know, Adonai Mitchell gets on there. Devon Ray gets on there, and Sark mentioned on Monday what he would, what his hope was, was that we would see. Devondre Sweat get Defensive Player of the Year and Byron Murphy not be ignored and get Defensive Lineman of the Year. And I guess the the, the writers and voters were listening because D- Byron Murphy does get Defensive Lineman of the Year. So both guys do get honors in the Big 12 Awards, which is a really cool thing to see. Defensive Freshman of the Year, Anthony Hill, and uh, spits that with Ben Roberts. So okay. we're going to see Anthony Hill get in there in the Defensive Freshman of the Year Award. Uh, some good uh, honors also. And uh, we do. We will mention that the coach of the year does not go to Steve Sarkeesian. Who did it go to? The eleven and one Steve Sark does not get coach of the year. It goes to who we're playing on Saturday, Mike Gundy. Oh, that makes sense. I it, get that. They really? Yeah, I get that. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this. Out. I know it's a Big Twelve award, so they probably were not looking at non-conference, right? Because if you look at non-conference, Texas went to Alabama and won. Oh, does that mean something? And Mike Gundy had South Alabama come to them. South Alabama come to them, and they lost. Well, yeah. I mean, I get that. It's a conference award, though, like you said. It's a conference it's, award. Yeah. So within the conference, now still they lost two conference games. But they, they did well in the second half of the season. I, 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 I think the argument could definitely be made that Sark should have been the guy. I think they're saying that Gundy had did more with less. Bingo. That's is what exactly they're going with. Yeah. Uh, and they know he's you know he's going to stay around for a long time because he has that uh, revolving contract that uh, constantly uh, yeah break that down for me again How that, does that contract that renews every year so it's always a five year contract <laughs> so it just constantly is a renewing contract but it's always the first year of the contract it's always the first year again yeah so it just keeps <laughs> renewing and it's always got five years left on it uh, every single season which is a great deal if you can get it yeah. Which, I mean, look, we saw Mike Gundy was a guy that early in the season when they were having the non-conference problems that a lot of people were thinking that he may be getting closer to the end and people were, you know, there was talk, some turmoil. that He started three quarterbacks for the first, like, three or four games of the season. And so people were a little bit curious about what was going to happen. He ends up turning around. He's playing for the Big 12 championship now, so all those talks are completely done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's college football, so those talks are always going to pop up anytime you have a bad start. I don't know how much Oklahoma State was really getting into it and the the boosters and everybody else about it, but uh, he does win Coach of the Year. Uh, We also see the all-Big 12 uh, first team. Xavier Worthy is on that team. Jatavion Sanders is on that team. Kelvin Banks Jr. is on that team. Uh, Burt Auburn gets on that team, and Xavier Worthy gets on the team yet again as the punt, uh, kick returner, punt returner. So he's on there as a wide receiver and kick returner, punt returner, uh, which is a good lineup and good stats for uh, Xavier Worthy. On the defense, we get Bar- Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat. No uh, questions there, and Jalen Ford is also on that first team 
all Big 12. You know, you maybe could see Jade Barron get in there, but I think because of the issues they've had in the secondary, he gets knocked down to second team yeah. all defense. But it could, you could have seen him in there. Uh, Adonai Mitchell is all uh, second team. And Jonathan Brooks, which if it was me, I would put Jonathan Brooks above Ollie Gordon and Taj Brooks. I get they played more games now this season. I think Jonathan Brooks is a better player than either one of them. And I, we saw Taj Brooks. He's a good player. We're going to see Ollie Gordon this week. Yeah, and I'm not upset with Jonathan Brooks getting bumped down to second team on that one. Uh, just because he he is not playing anymore, it's unfortunate. But yeah. I get that one. He also got honorable mention for Offensive Player of the Year. He did. So, I mean, they're giving him his love. Yeah, he did get uh, – uh, and Kelvin Banks got uh, honorable mention for Offensive Lineman of the Year as well. Uh, C.J. Baxter gets Offensive Rookie of the Year uh, honorable mention as well. And then a bunch of honorable mentions for the Big 12 uh, all first and second team for Texas as well. I'll go through them real quick for you. Terrence Brooks, Ethan Burke, Trill Carter, Keaton Crawford, Alfred Collins, Quinn Ewers. Uh, King Crawford was actually the special teams player of the year. He was a uh, a, a runner-up for that. And we also get Quinn Ewers on there, Gunnar Helm, Anthony Hill, Christian Jones, Jake Majors, Ryan Sanborn, Baron Sorrell, Michael Taff. Actually gets on there. Pretty crazy from a walk-on to being an honorable mention there. Michael Taft, man. Uh, Jaron Thompson and Jay Witt, Jordan Whittington are all on that honorable mentions list for the Big 12 Awards. Uh, if you guys on the text line feel anybody is was completely screwed and you feel crazy about it, text in. Text in and let us know who you think. We'll put that in the polls. We'll put that in there. We'll ask you guys. But I, I think it was a pretty – I was a little bit worried after last year and then seeing that they're going to be out, that you know they could have – basically taking all of them out and the voting wouldn't have been there for guys that really, really deserve to be there. I think Quinn Ewers could be all second team as well. I think Dylan Gabriel probably because the games, because he won head to head is going to get the nod above him with Quinn uh, Ewers having the injury. But I think Quinn could have easily been above Will Howard. Yeah, I think so. And I think just same thing with Jonathan Brooks, just the injury just kind of yeah, knocks him down or not. So if we take those injuries, is the reason why. But I, I, you know, if you guys disagree with anything on that list, send it in on the text line five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Is there anything you saw on that list, Jacob, that stood out to you? Yeah, I love seeing Michael Taft get some love, just because yeah. I know my our guy Ty is friends with his brother and all that. So every time I see Michael Taft make a play on the field, I text Ty <laughs> right away. Just Michael bleeping Taft. Like I, it is. I and love seeing him get some love. It's nice to see him because early in the year too, he's put in some situations where he was kind of getting picked at. Yeah, and and picked on, and and so. There was a lot of people that were really unhappy he was ever on the field because the athleticism is lacking with Michael Tapp, but he has a really good football IQ, which I know is white guy talk. It's, it's a, he's, he's really real, smart. He's a gym he's, rat, guys. Uh, <laughs> I know. He studies know. a lot of film. But he's but he's shown he can make huge plays. He is Johnny on the spot on a lot of those tip balls. Oh, he's an opportunist back there. So it's good to see him uh, step up and play and get in that honorable mention and for a guy that walked on because he wanted to play at Texas. Yeah. And I know on Ball Don't Lie, we were big proponents of getting him a scholarship. He got the scholarship. He also helped recruit Arch Manning, which was the main reason <laughs> that everyone was like, just give the man a scholarship. He helped recruit Arch Manning. Right. But it's good to see him get on there. Anything else you saw noticeable on there? Um, Nothing else. I mean, the rest of it just kind of feels like they were due. Like you kind of knew they were going to get these awards. Um, outside of like you mentioned with Quinn and Jonathan Brooks, the injuries kind of setting them back a little bit. I'm I'm happy, like you said, that they actually did give the Longhorns some love, even though they're leaving the conference. Because some of these guys, 
will never play in the SEC. Yeah, right? like Devondre so, Sweat is probably never going to play. We right. figure Byron Murphy won't. There's a possibility he could come back. He is a junior. Right, so don't but, punish him. But yeah, don't yeah. And just like you punished Jalen Ford last year, and I get it. It's the players had no say in this decision. None. They wanted to come play. Then I get you hate Texas and all of that. But I, I was happy to see that some of those guys were able to get on there. Uh, we are going to get to see. We'll get into Texas versus Oklahoma State. We'll get to see the guys who maybe were not on the list where they thought they should be. And one of those guys is got to be Quinn Ewers, who I know is more Zen now, or more I don't know what all the words they're using to describe his new his new attitude of being you know chill, but in the moment. Oh, he's not John Wick anymore. He's no, we're, we're still John Wick. Oh, okay. the whole team as a whole is John Wick. Oh, okay. I thought Quinn was John yeah. Wick. Okay. Which they we need to get to Andre Sweat in the John Wick universe. Oh man! Did that big dude came out? Ken Reeves just turned right back around. <laughs> <laughs> we found the one person John Wick is scared of. <laughs> we get all them. We also got to get to Andre Sweat to meet Kevin Durant. Apparently, uh, Rod- Rodney Terry is on it. We had said this earlier in the year, and I thought like at some of the points when Kevin Durant was at, in this, you know, at Texas, yeah, because he's been coming back over and over again. To, to work out in the gym, and you're like, well, why don't you just go be like, hey, go get to Vondre. Dude, get he's bring, nervous. Go get him and bring him on over. He's he, nervous. So they said they're going to make it happen, and I think Kevin Durant will make it happen and get over there. It'll be fun. I, I did like they – did you see the thing where they were talking about uh, Rodney Terry showing the the play against – I can't. I think it was Iowa State. I can't remember the which Jay game. Witt play? The Jay yeah. Witt. Well, but it's Jay Witt and Xavier Worthy. Right. Because I, I know and everybody's a bigger fan of Jay Witt than Xavier Worthy because Xavier Worthy is a little bit more know. standoffish. No, but just but if you watch the play, Xavier yeah. Worthy is the guy who jumps on the ball, right? And Xavier Worthy's behind the play too, right? So both those guys get back on because if if he gets the fumble and they don't recover it, then it's still an interception yeah. and it's still the other team's ball. But it was really cool to see Ronnie Terry show that at the hustle and what that can mean. That's so big too for your team. Yeah, and be like, do you want to be that guy? And you know, Brock Cunningham sitting in the back of the room is like, I am that guy. I've done it. <laughs> I've been doing it for about six years, but. But we'll say one of the guys who you think can see that list, see that Will Howard is ahead of him in the list, see that you know he's not getting the recognition that he may be wanting to get, and knows that he's got at least two more games to try and showcase his abilities if he wants to showcase his abilities uh, to see if he can move up a little bit and draft boards. I don't think so. I think he's set. Quinn Ewers? Yeah, I think he's pretty set to come back. I, but that's the thing is I again if if Texas for you know we can go down the rule the the college ball playoff and the uh, the the ways that Texas can get into it, but if they get in the college ball playoff and they win a national championship, which is a huge 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 if, yeah, I don't think he's coming back. You're right. That might be the one scenario that sends him off into the sunset. Like I and I think there's scenarios where he has two really good games. He has this and he has or he plays three really good games and you get to. Where he may go, okay, now my draft stock's back up in the first round. I feel confident. I know there's teams now that are telling me they'll draft me. I just don't buy it. I think I think a championship is the only thing that doesn't allow him to come back. Because I know, then you I, have nothing to come back. I, I think there's I think there's multiple options. I know in the moment, I just know with you know with enough athletes I've talked to over the years and everything, the in the moment versus a week away, two weeks away, a month away from sure. it is a very different mindset. Sure. And when yeah, you're, that money's real all of a sudden. Well, and not even yeah. the money's real, but when you're like, I have to go take on the abuse again to be a college football player and go and do this, and I'm going to the SEC, and there's no guarantees that I don't get hurt week two, and then my NFL stock is going to, like, it's not necessarily I'm going to move up, and I know you're confident you can, but I don't know if that's the case. I'm not trying to get him to leave by any stretch of the imagination. Get out. We want Arch. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that there is a, 
I think there's a real discussion of he's going to have to step away from the game for a minute, relax, heal back up, feel good, and then start to have those conversations with teams again. And we know, like, the scouting. The NFL teams, until the NFL season's over, you know, you have scouting departments that are working, but the coaches and general managers may not be fully invested into the scouting process sure. until you get to that point and you can say, well, okay, now I, you know, I think I'm going to make my decision to go to that next level. Now, he'll have to make that decision a little bit earlier because he would probably want to play in the Senior Bowl or he'd want to play in one of the final bowls now that juniors can play in those. Yeah, yeah. So he may want to get to that point. Uh, but it, it, I think that I, I don't think it's written in stone yet that he's coming back. And if he is, great. And I'd love to see it because it makes our next year team that bridge where you're losing, you know, probably Xavier Worthy and JT Sanders and, and Jordan Whittington and Adonai Mitchell. Yeah. It would make that bridge a lot smoother. Absolutely. Uh, so I'd love to have him back. However, I don't think it's written in stone at all that he is necessarily going to come back. But we'll put up that this is why I want to play the sound from, from Sark. Talking on Monday because we know one of the teams that has given Quinn Ewers a lot of problems, and last year he was a little beat up. We know this is a game last year where Xavier Worthy was beat up. And Xavier Worthy apparently had a broken hand in this game. And it was windy. And Quinn Ewers was beat up. And Sark decided that all he wanted to do was throw the ball to Quinn Ewers the entire game, and that's what he was going to do. And that Texas-Oklahoma State game last year, Quinn did not look like the quarterback that you want him to look like on Saturday Sark was asked about Quinn's growth since last season at Oklahoma State, and where where does he see Quinn at now as as a player, as a person, and versus Oklahoma State? Well, you know that that's part of the, the games like that are part of the the growing pains of playing the position. You know, when you get on the road and you get in a hostile environment, um, and early on things are going your way, and then things start not going your way for a variety of reasons. You know, in that game, we had a couple opportunities for some big plays, and we didn't pass protect very well for him. Then we had a couple opportunities for some big plays. We didn't catch the ball very well for him. And then all of a sudden, he misses a couple throws, and those types of things can snowball on you. And I think the biggest thing that I've, I've learned, and I think Quinn has learned, and that I've learned about him is his demeanor. When things at times this year haven't gone great, for example, you know, the interception Friday night when he was trying to hit the fade to, to A.D. Mitchell, I thought his, his poise, his composure really showed through, uh, and he was able to come right back and, and still execute at a high level. A year ago, it might have been more of a challenge to, to rebound from that type of a play, but uh, I think that, that he's learning how to respond to those things, to learn from them, and then put them to the side, and then focus on um, the next task, the next play, and what's asked of him. So I think there's a mental maturity side from him that uh, you've seen a lot of growth, a lot of maturity. And I think that is something that we can look at at Quinn Ewers and say the maturity level is much higher. We've seen him make a mistake and come back and play good football, which he didn't seem to do as much last season. We've seen him be able to show that he can now attack a three-high, three-down. He's done that a little bit better this season. Sark is part of that, too. The play calling is part of it, too. But him making his reads, uh, I don't know if he's going to be that mobile in this game. We'll see how much he's healed up. He definitely looked a lot better throwing the ball uh, against Texas Tech than he did uh, in the previous weeks coming back from injury. So maybe he'll be a little bit more mobile in this game which helps out when you're playing those three high three down. If you, you know, because we saw points he was taking sacks in the last two, three weeks where he's taking a sack basically because he realizes, all right, this is where I should take off. 
but I don't want to run. Yeah. And now I'm just done because now I'm kind of panicking because I don't know what to do. And, you know, even if he can't get to that, there's part where you want him to get outside right. and just throw the ball away. Just go, man, I get it. There's nothing there. There's no problem in throwing the ball away, but you need to get outside the pocket right now because you can't throw it away if you stay in the pocket. Yeah. So at least run to the outside, and if someone's getting even near you, just chunk the ball out of bounds, and you'll be fine. So I think that's probably something that they're working on with him to get him to either keep running, and I don't think they want to work on that too much because they want him to run. Right. You know, you'd prefer him to be a mobile quarterback like he was earlier in the season and really punish these teams that don't want that don't, you know let you have that space in the middle. If Sark's not going to call for short yardage passes, to at least have a quarterback that can get out there and get those a few extra yards is huge. But do you think this is a Quinn Ewers that ha- can have a much better game? Plus, you're not playing at Oklahoma State. You're playing indoors in Arlington, so the weather is not a factor this year, which is good to say. Is this something that you think Quinn can kind of redeem himself a bit against this Oklahoma State team? First off, I will say I was at that game last year in Stoolwater. It was very windy yeah. in that stadium. But it doesn't discount the fact that there were a lot of times where he was either force-feeding the long ball, like you mentioned, to yeah. a broken hand Xavier Worthy with Jay Witt running wide open underneath, and then they just abandoned the run. Um, I do think he can make that step, especially because, like you said, indoors, controlled environment. This is going to be seven-on-seven football for Quinn, and I think, I, I think he's going to light him up. I really do. I have zero fear. I do, and I think the indoors is going to be good for – just the health of the elbow or the health of the shoulder, I think just not, you know, kind of having controlled factors in it yeah. is going to help him out some just to not have to worry about it being cold and sore or hot and you don't sore. You try and rip a fastball right into a headwind. Yeah. yeah, I think that is going to help him out in this game. But it is interesting. With Sark, you know, he can't talk, you know, too much strategy. He's not going to do that in the presser. But he can mention that this is a guy that even if he does make a mistake, that has changed a lot from, well, you know, one mistake turns into four missed passes, and then those four missed passes turns into two interceptions. No doubt. And it just kind of keeps going downhill, and you see him on the sideline with his head down. Yeah. And we saw in the bowl game last year in Washington, that was the first time we really saw him try to step up when Bijan and Roshan were gone. Uh, not on that. Well, I mean, they may be on the sideline, but they were not playing. That he had to step up and try and get his team going. And that was kind of the birth of Quinn Ewers as what we see him this year. I think this year is a very different Quinn Ewers. And so playing-wise, if he doesn't have the arm strength still, he looked better last week against Tech, but, I mean, everything looked good against Tech. Right. So There wasn't anything that wasn't working against (laughs) Tech. That was awesome. So it'll be interesting to see what they're able to pull off, but I think he's going to have a little bit of bulletin board material being that he is an honorable mention as somebody who is a Heisman favorite to go into the season and at the end of the season can say, well, you guys think Will Howard's better. And I get Dylan Gabriel. He beat you. And so there's part of it. I think you're he's competitive with Dylan Gabriel as well. Uh, if you look at the other Dylan Gabriel games, that he's not had all stellar games. Right. So I think he's comparative to that he could have been all Big 12 first team as well. Without the injury, he much more likely would have been. Yeah, he would have had the numbers to go along with. So, but I season. think he can, in his head, say, screw the numbers. I test. You guys don't like me. And I'm going to go out there and prove to you yeah. that I'm the best guy. And I'm going to take the coach of the year, my boy Sark. I'm going to show you that he's better too. I think there's part of that. And I'm like, I'm, 
you know, it was, it was funny because we know the Iowa State lineman said what he said, and Sark had his, well, we don't really have bulletin board material. And then every single player has talked about the bulletin board every material for the next two weeks. Yeah. Uh, Brett Yormark and, and whatever they're saying. And so, you, I come on, Mike Gundy, say something stupid. Please. Say something stupid. Please. Come You're on, known guys. for your sound bites. Give me one. <laughs> Give me one. Give me one. All right. Let's get Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. All right. couple questions for you. Uh, first one is easy. First one we'll ask you about the Big 12 Championship game or the Big 12 Awards. Did anybody get snubbed in the Big 12 Awards? Do you feel that there should have been something going a different way? And it, it could even be a different player from a different team. If you're watching another team and you think that another player was snubbed, or you know the order was wrong, or they got something wrong on that. Send that in if you do think that, or if just send in. Go, no, nailed it, nailed it, guys. We want to hear from you on that. And then I also want to ask you, how many points does Texas need to win by on Saturday? In your head, when you look at Texas still being number seven, they're behind Ohio State, and you know Ohio State's off. We've seen Ohio State jump TCU when TCU was off a few years ago. Ohio State was able to jump TCU to get back into the college football playoff when TCU was off. It is the precedent has been set. Ohio State was part of it. Right. So Texas can jump Ohio State because they will have another win. They will have the performance. And all of a sudden, they may be able to get back into that picture. And we know Oregon, uh, we'll see on Friday night, Oregon and Washington play Friday night. One of those teams has to lose. So one of them is probably getting knocked out. Yep. Because they're a two-loss Oregon or it's a one-loss Washington with not a great resume, right? Who will probably get knocked down. And the the fact that the bookies are putting, or you know, we'll talk about in the next segment, but they're giving them a big old spread. They don't like think Oregon a, a lot. They don't. A lot of people don't like Washington. <laughs> so I think they could slide down. We know Alabama is going to be out of the equation if they lose to Georgia. That's another one that you push out that gets out of the way. And you're still watching that Florida State Louisville game, and what could happen there. But Texas has a path, but they need to win big because you got to jump Ohio State, and there's a lot of Ohio State fans in that room, mm-hmm. and they'll sit there and go, I know they were down here, and I know Texas is a better team, but but they were they they barely they almost lost to Notre Dame. Yeah, <laughs> come on, that's, come on, guys, come on. But I want to so that's the question for you guys: How many points does Texas need to win by on Saturday? And it was there any snubs in the Big Twelve awards that came out? I did see one text already. We did mention Bert Auburn. We did. He is. Uh, he got his one mention. We he, got. But he was on the. Oh, he's all first team. He, he is, is all first team. Yes. Uh, so we have Bert Auburn on there as well, and he may have had a different award that I don't see listed on the thing I printed off. So we. I don't know if there's more of the awards that were not on my... The longest pregame field goal hit in the Big 12. <laughs> like the SB Awards, like the most emotional moment with the least tears <laughs> on a Friday award goes to this person you've never heard of in a sport that doesn't matter. Yeah. That's, and all sports matter, guys. All sports matter. Every single one of them. <laughs> Even water polo. I know y'all like to discount it, but... Oh, no, I just... I'm. I'm, I'm better against sports that people want me to talk about at points and i'm like i have no can't give you any updates so i have no idea what's happening <laughs> uh I, I will say to ut women won again this morning good job they won again against oral roberts i did not realize that was the uh i saw them i saw the post of it was the uh the the annual field trip game what it's a mean? really cool idea it's a cool idea they do the annual field trip game and they basically bus in kids from all these schools to come to the game and they play an 11 a.m game and it's a cool way that these kids get to see a game that some of these kids would never get to see. Yeah. They they get to see the Moody Center now, and the girls get a really big, loud audience. 
which it is a loud audience, not always cheering at the right things, but a loud audience. Yeah, and sometimes that pitch gets up there. It gets up there. It's As someone who's worked the game, it is (laughs) bring ear protection. It was the only game. Normally, you had to turn the volume up in the headset for me and Craig. You had to keep turning it up because you're trying to hear what Craig's saying and you're you know fighting off the crowd noise. Yeah. And that one is the crowd noise gets so into your headset that you're turning it down. You're like, I don't even need to hear anything. We're just going to go and hope it sounds all right. We're going to go on hand signals today. <laughs> hand signals. But uh, yeah, it was a good, but that is a, they, they're dominating right now. Of course they are. But a very cool event that I'm, as someone with no kids, just fine not having to work anymore. Yeah. It's fine not having to work it, but it's a very cool event. It's a cool idea to bring those kids in and do an early game and, and showcase. And hopefully, you know, and I've, I've talked to parents of kids who go to that game. They're like, they loved it. And then now they want to go to another game and they want yeah, to do Yeah, you're so going to inspire a, kids. So it's a very cool thing. Thank yeah. Uh, text lines open 512 447 3776. When we come back, we'll start opening up the text line. We will get into some college football talk. We'll keep it rolling here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. After all the jets are in the boxes And the clowns have all gone to bed You can hear happiness staggering on down the street Footprints dressed in red And the wind whispers merry Back in the sports complex here in the Horn, playing Jimi Hendrix all week because Jimi's birthday would have been on Monday, so why not play Jimi Hendrix all week long? Good stuff. Yeah. You know, it's just some, some calm Jimi, you know, some nice relaxing Jimi. It's timeless music. Timeless music. That's what happens when, you know, the person just took a ton of drugs. Right. Yeah. You get stuff that no one else could <laughs> ever create in the same mind. Good stuff there. Text line's open, guys. 512-447-3776. We're asking, how many points does Texas need to win by on Saturday? As we know the college football playoffs are rolling right now, and the, and everybody's getting their opinions in, and Texas still at number seven. You can jump Ohio State. It's possible, but you're going to have to win. They are a 15.5-point favorite now, so you have to at least cover. Yeah, you absolutely have to cover. But is it three scores? Is is it three? Is it twenty one? Are we saying it's a twenty point win gets you the style points you need, or do you have to even get bigger than that? That is the question uh, for Texas going into this, and that's for the question on the poll five one two four four seven three seven seven six. And did any of Texas players get snubbed in the uh, poll in the college uh, the Big Twelve? There's the words. There it is. The Big Twelve football awards that were announced today. 
Uh, in the 6 o'clock, I'll tell you, we'll go through those names again if you didn't hear them. But if anybody gets snubbed, we know Sark is the main one I think people are going to mention. That oh, people feel that Sark over. should have been uh, named over Gundy. Uh, but there could be another one. If you got somebody else who got snubbed and you feel they should be on there, Quinn, I think, has an argument. I think Jonathan Brooks has an argument. I think those guys have arguments that they should have been in there, but but that's two. I'm asking you guys on the text line, 512-447-3776. We're also going to go over uh, some – I want to go over some some games with you, Jacob. Okay. Before we get to the text line, uh, that there is some conference championship games that have massive implications and could go one way, and Texas fans will be dancing in the streets on Saturday nights. Everyone will be happy, and it could go another way. And Texas fans will just have very anticlimactic January ball game. Oh, man. That took all the steam out of it. <laughs> could be. Could be just a January ball game. Not a bad season. Everything could be good. You'd still be a 13-win team. Right. Which is very 13 wins, very good. You still got to beat Oklahoma State. We're counting on beating Oklahoma State when we're saying these scenarios. We're counting on that because if you don't, then the whole conversation's null and void, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you need that win. So... Let's start off with the Pac-12 because they're going to be playing Friday night. Okay. This is a big game. It's number three versus number five. It is an undefeated Washington versus a one-loss Oregon that everybody really likes. The number one, still number one ranked uh, one-loss team in the country. Oregon, since they lost to Washington, has come out and tried to basically have only statement wins. Now we can say they did play a Texas Tech team early in the season, and they won by eight. Really? They won by eight. Texas won by 50. They won by eight. I don't know which one's higher. Not a math, not a math whiz here. Can you compare those two? Is that a- <laughs> but people love Oregon. Uh, Oregon is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Uh, this game comes down to, for me, the fact that it seems like Oregon at least has a defense, and I don't know if Washington does. Okay. What do you look at in this game, Jacob? Well, I look at the same thing the college football playoff committee looks at, which is Bo Nix's 78% completion percentage. Yep. That's apparently a huge differentiator these days. But also, this Washington team did look vulnerable last week against Washington State. But I think what we all learned last week is rivalry, rivalry week should be judged just a little bit differently. And the Longhorns rivalry week just happens to be in the middle of the season. It should, it should. You're right. It should be judged differently. And the last game of the season is what we should base all of our opinions on, 57-7. to There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's Texas's uh, rivalry week. Yeah, yeah, yeah just of course. Tech this no, year. I don't want to yeah. give Tech that. You're right. It's Oklahoma. No, the, the Huskies haven't put any opponent away since Cal in week four. Their average margin of victory outside of a 17-point win over Utah is seven. Seven points. And their highest was 10 against USC since week four. Yeah. So for that reason alone, I'll give it to Oregon. I'll, I'll take the Ducks to cover the nine and a half this time. Yeah, and I, I think also if you look at Oregon is twenty fifth in the country right now on third down uh, conversions against. They are yeah. stopping teams right now right. on third down. They're getting off the field, and that's going to be a problem for this Washington team. That Oregon can stop the run pretty well. It's going to be relying on Michael Penix. Now he's he could come out and have a great game and win this. This one doesn't apply to Texas too much. It does because it, whoever wins is probably in, right. and whoever loses is probably out. Yeah, that one. This one's pretty simple. So that. this one yeah. doesn't really affect Texas too much. But I have Oregon covering too. I, I like what Washington's done, but I feel like they've been just dancing on the edge a little bit too much all season long. And Oregon has been putting their foot to the gas. Uh, it could go either way, but I, I'll think Oregon uh, walks away with this one pretty handily. Uh, all right, this game does matter for Texas. 
Just a little bit. Georgia, number one, Georgia, and number eight, Alabama. Georgia is a six-point favorite. They're going for their 30th consecutive win in this game. That's so many. 30th consecutive win. What do you got on this game, Jacob? The Alabama brand carries such a heavy weight in college football and well-deserved. Saban and the boys have earned that from their continued dominance. But this is the back-to-back defending champion in Georgia. Like you just said, they're going for their 30th win in a row. And they continue each week to prove why they're the best team in college football right now. It's basically a home game for the Bulldogs playing in Atlanta. I'll take Georgia to cover the six against Alabama in this one. Yeah, I think Georgia is just playing really well. They continue to play really well. They're the better offensive team than yeah. Alabama, and they might be the better defensive team too. Yeah. And I, I think that Alabama has a shot to compete in this game. We know that they re- required a, thir- a fourth and 31 conversion in- to win the game against Auburn. How do you let that happen? <sighs> yeah, it's a, I don't know. How do you? <laughs> you, you freeze up. How do you give up the corner of the end zone on 4th and 31? Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you, if they want to stand a chance, Jalen Milrow has to run the ball a lot. Yeah. Jalen Milrow is going to have to have 70, 80 yards in rushing in this game to open up a passing game for them to get it to where you really have to overcommit to stopping Jalen Milrow running the football because they're going to come up the front and come up the middle. Georgia does a lot. They stack yeah. the box and really come after you, which is going to slow down the run game. But if Milrow can get out to the outside squeeze and out. squeeze yeah. out and still look downfield and the Alabama offensive line can kind of block inside and get people to go inside and let them in, right. I think Milrow could have a big game on the ground. You're going to need that if you're Alabama to be able to compete in this game. But Georgia, I, I again, I know we keep hearing conversations about what happens if Alabama wins because I think it's a better radio conversation what it's happens. It's a good narrative. Yeah. It's a good narrative. I don't think it's going to be an issue. And I've told my Alabama friends, and I told them, I go, look, if Alabama beats Georgia, you'll probably jump us because you beat the number one team in the country after 30 straight wins on a neutral field. You have a great – like, it's a great win. I just don't think it's going to happen. No, and – They'll probably put them both in if Alabama wins that game. Yeah, I think they would too. Which yeah, it de- now it also depends on if Florida State wins or loses because if Florida State wins, right, yeah, then you can't, you can't put them both in. Right, yeah. Uh, we'll get to that game last. Uh, let's hit these two real quick. This next one's pretty quick. Number two, Michigan is a twenty-one half point favorite at number sixteen, Iowa. Uh, Blake Corm had one hundred thirty-three yards in their last meeting. It's I think Michigan's just gonna be able to bully ball them. Because this is a team in Iowa who wants to play bully ball, and they're just little brother bully ball. Right. I, I just don't see any way they compete in this game. So you're going to take Michigan to cover? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. 21 and a half. half. That's a large number. Now, listen, Michigan is clearly going to win this game against the ferocious Big Ten opponent in the <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes. But both of these teams can get into a run-and-beat-you-up style like you were just talking yeah. about. I'm worried there's not going to be enough time in the game for Michigan to pull away by 22 points with both of them keeping That's the true. ball on the That's ground. That's true. So for that reason, I'll take Iowa plus 21.5 in this one. Uh, that's good. I, I can tell you this, that as far as Iowa goes, they've, they're have they averaging 18 points per game. Michigan is allowing 10, uh, 10.5 points a game for yeah. their opponents. I do not expect to see a lot of points from, from Iowa in this game. No. So the score could be 24-3. to 3. Right. And they'd be really close to covering that 21.5. Right. So it it does not take a lot for Michigan to score because I do not see Iowa scoring a touchdown in this game. And they may, but I don't see them scoring a touchdown in this game. No, but I see them just eating away at the clock. I, I do too. I think they'll wait away at the clock. But again, you know, what, 
I, I, it could be. You're, you, it's a good point that you bring up. One more score. Uh, one more game before we go to break and get to your text messages. Number fourteen, Louisville at number four, Florida State. Florida State is a two and a half point favorite. This is somewhat betting lines, I think, too. Uh, that people are a little bit more worried about a team with, you know, once Jordan Travis went down, Florida State's looked okay, but they played South Alabama and Florida, and this Florida team was no good uh, all season long. Louisville loses 38-31 to Kentucky yeah. in a game where they just turned the ball over. Louisville has two losses, both losses. They have three turnovers in. Ooh, I didn't realize that stat. Hold on to the ball against Florida State. Louisville's got a real shot to win this game. I'm a homer. I'm going Louisville. Okay, well, I think I think Florida State is still the more talented team. They, they are. I think across the board they are. So I think without a mistake, uh, like a critical mistake from Florida State, I don't think Louisville's going to win this game. I think Florida State can hold them at bay. I have been known as the kiss of death this year, though. So here you go, Longhorns fans. <laughs> I'll take Florida State minus two and a half in this one. Good luck. Yeah, all right. I got Louisville. I got Louisville. Let's go. Let's go, uh, Louisville. we gotta take a break we come back we'll start hitting off the text line 512-447-3776 how many points does Texas need to win by on saturday and was anybody snubbed in those big 12 awards let us know on the text line 512-447-3776 we'll get to it when we get back here on the horn on the horn 1019 am 1260 the horn app and hornfm.com the sports complex with patrick davis on the horn Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn, playing Jimi Hendrix all week long because it would have been his birthday on Monday, and that's any good excuse to play some Jimi Hendrix is a good excuse. Uh, text lines up, 512-447-3776, asking you guys uh, how many points does Texas need to win by on Saturday to get those style points and get the get the college wall playoff committee saying you can't leave them out. You can't leave them out. Make yourself undeniable. Make yourself undeniable. What's that number? Of what's the point win margin that we can need to have? And then uh, was anybody snubbed in the Big 12 awards that were announced today? We'll go over those again next hour. I'll read through them again just so you guys can, you know, we'll, we'll get through anybody who may have been on there. Uh, text lines open. Uh, this texter says Sarkeesian should have gotten the Big 12 Coach of the Year. I think that's a... Uh, and he also says BS the coach from Oklahoma State was the Big 12 Coach of the Year when Sarkeesian is the one that went... Uh, twelve at one and eleven and one, and got Texas to a Big Twelve championship. Uh, also says watching the final, the Paul Feinbaum show. He's rooting for Texas to get into the college football playoff. He says they're being screwed, and also says if Alabama beat Georgia and they chose Alabama to go to the college football playoff, that Texas should as well. Uh, look, okay. He also said if the SEC gets left out of the playoff entirely, he's going to go out and like boycott the college football playoffs. He's also employed by the SEC. There you go. He is employed by the SEC, by ESPN and the SEC Network. He is employed by the SEC. It, my favorite thing with Paul Feinbaum this year it was when he was like on on the side of Jim Harbaugh. I was like, let's just let fight, let's see what's happening. Let's get a report, and then we'll know. And then clearly they called him. We're like, dude, he's going to be in the playoffs and not you, and like not SEC. And he was like, this is the they should kick the entire Big Ten. You know what? Only SEC should be allowed to play. It, it was just funny, but I like Paul Feinbaum. He knows what he's doing. It's just. 
the last three or four weeks have been pretty rough to listen to anything he says yeah. because he is very much on the pulpit for the SEC. And maybe if he dialed it back a little bit, it would mean more. But, but because he wouldn't he's, be Paul Feinbaum. I know. But that's how you get paid the big bucks. Why, that's why we're not getting paid the big bucks, Jacob. That's because we we shoot it straight around here. <laughs> it's okay? great, and I'm with you. I'm with you. I think Sark. I think that you know. I get they're saying Gundy did more with less. You're taking off the non-conference games. Yeah. Uh, but I still I still say it's Sark with what I, that team did. I'm not upset with it. No, and, and you know with yeah. a quarterback injury during the year with a with a Doak Walker World finalist that gets hurt in the middle of the year and to continue to win and continue to get better. I I have it, but I'm not going to get. And I don't think Sark's going to get butt hurt about it either. No. Uh, this texter says on Saturday, I'm afraid of the refs. I'm, I'm not as afraid of the refs in this game. I, I know there's going to be some calls, but I don't think it's going to be blatantly obvious when you're the only game on TV. I don't think it's going to matter. I don't think it's going to matter either. Uh, also didn't hear you mention Auburn. Yes. Auburn was first team, uh, all, all, uh, all big 12. Yes. We also get a texter sends some Gundy mullet picks. And makes a joke about uh, beating Oral Roberts that I can't say on the radio. So we'll skip on that one. You <laughs> I appreciate you listening. You don't want to give it a shot? Try and dance around it? Well, nope. We get it. You know what? Not going not gonna to disparage the very classy women's basketball team at our school. <laughs> okay. There's some, uh, some, some big women and proud women that, are, that uh, work very hard. Mm-hmm. Seen in practice. Yep. Don't, I don't want to make them mad. No, you no, don't want to do make that. Them mad. No. Uh, the hypocrisy is getting infuriating in one breath. They will say you can't diminish what FSU has done. In the very next breath, they'll try to discredit Texas. They said a head-to-head means everything with Alabama and Georgia. In the very next breath, he says Texas win over Bama means nothing. Point Blake, Texas needs a flat-out bludgeon. OK State leaves zero doubt. It's going to be a beatdown of biblical proportions. There is some hypocrisy. I agree, Scarlett. I think it also is, depending on who you listen to and how much you listen to them, that you know the algorithm on Twitter and Facebook and all those other things, the algorithm is to show you the things that will make you hate the world the most. Yes. So there is also positive things. And I've seen a lot of people that are very much on the Texas should be in this, you know, Texas should be ahead of all these people bandwagon. I know Rich Eisen was on the show, was on his show saying they should be ahead of Ohio State. Uh, I get Florida State is undefeated. I'm okay with undefeated ahead of one loss teams. They did schedule LSU non-conference. They had not scheduled LSU non-conference then I'd be more upset. But they scheduled a t- game that was supposed to be a very big game early in the season. We didn't know LSU was not going to be what LSU turned out to be. You, know, you don't know that. They did schedule it, so I'll give them some credit. Right. Uh, the, AC- the ACC just is not very good. But we'll see if Louisville can pull off a big win. Uh, I- 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 FSU is not the one I'm necessarily as mad about. I think that it's – I think Oregon, Texas uh, should be ahead of Oregon. I think Texas should definitely be ahead of Ohio State. I think they're the best one one loss team in the country. I think so, and I think that's without a doubt. But I, th- Aaron brought up a good point this morning. Aaron Hogan, he said there is a regionality to this. It's oh par- yeah, it's part of their guidelines. So that's why they cherish Oregon and Washington and all that because they have to have that West Coast presence. Yeah. yeah, no, I get that, and but that's fine. One of those is in, and one of those is out. Right, we get that. Yeah, uh, and I get if Oregon beats Washington, then that's a really good win as well, and it gives yeah. you that boost. And especially if they go in and do what they've been doing and win by thirty five, forty. Then they'll have that as well. Uh, this texter says, Coach Sark got hosed, hands down, coach of the year. And UT 42, OSU 13 would be a nice margin. So a 29-point win. I like that. 29? That's, that's yeah. Once we're getting into that 30, 30 is a massive beatdown in a championship game. I'll say anything over 24. 24 and above, I think that's a big enough statement. Yeah, I'd say in a championship game, 
Uh, I think really, and it's going to be the thing we talk about all is can they play four quarters? Yeah. Is this a Texas team that can go up against Oklahoma State and play four quarters and get ahead early and then stay ahead? Because Oklahoma State's shown they they they're going to play all four quarters. Well, and they've shown that you can get ahead of them. Yeah. And they'll still win the game. Right. So if Texas can come out and, you know, foot on the throat like they did against Texas Tech, that's the really the story you want to see. And I think that's the thing that, you know, if they do that two weeks in a row, three weeks in a row now, where they continue to play in the second half, I think it does take away some of those doubts of people that said, well, TCU came back and, Te- and, and K-State came back and Houston came back and all these schools and they don't play four quarters and a good team would go get them. You go, no, no, now they are. Right. So they fixed that problem. I think it could help out. In that regard as well. Let's do one more text before we get over a break. Uh, two TDs over the cover, in my opinion, to make a statement. So that would be a 28-point win. That's massive. That's massive. So so you're saying, so Jacob is in the 25 range. Most people are now in the 30 range. Yes. So we're saying 30 <laughs> is the range. So 25 to 30 is the range where you guys are going. We'll get to more text. I see more on there. Text line's still up, and we're going to get back to it. 512-447-3776. we got to take a break at the top of the hour. We'll come back, get to more of your text. We will also get into some NFL talk as well. Uh, some big games happening, including one tomorrow night. That'll be a big game with, text, with the Dallas Cowboys in action. What's going on? They're in action tomorrow night. Oh, okay. They're Thursday. So the new Thursday's America's Thursday team. That's Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> the rest of the way. <laughs> Here we go. The Sports Complex on the R1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com.